Well, hello and you're welcome to another edition of Sideline Cut here on Sports Talk. That I our look at the John McDonough. Chrissy Ring, Nikki Rackard and Laurie Mar Cups. And as always, I'm joined by Is it Jordan Tayofua? The newest signing for the All Blacks? <laughs> Allegedly anyway. Um, a, a few of my friends sent the pictures into the WhatsApp group during the week and I was I was a uh, I was, a, I was just bewildered by what they're on about. Then I seen the pictures and uh, uh, they started calling me Jordan then from now on. But uh, that was a good joke anyway. Yeah, it's Kieran Johnson and Sean <laughs> Hurler. Uh, I, I think it's a bit of a look-alike competition going on there, but. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know you're not in action with Antrim with the hurling at the moment. Uh, who knows, maybe uh, you might take up the oval ball, but uh, we'll concentrate on hurling anyway uh, for the next half hour or so. And we've a new show sponsor this week, Syncom Utilities, who are leading the way in providing labour and tradesmen in the UK and Ireland. For more, you can check out syncomutilities.com. I suppose, uh, firstly, if we look back to last weekend, mixed luck with our predictions, I think. Yeah, I think the bookies would have been sweating too much over the predictions that we made anyway. But, um, oh no, largely I think we, we hit the nail on the head between us. But um, <sighs> certainly the likes of the Westmeath game and obviously Leash down, I think Downs, Downs victory at the weekend. Um, probably the pick of the victories over the weekend to go away to Rouslip and to get such a great victory. Um, for me, that was probably the performance of the weekend. And just chatting to a few of the down lads there today, um, they're, they'll be over the moon with the result. I suppose if we quickly go through our predictions, from last weekend and the accuracy to them and then we we'll, we'll go into uh, the <laughs> games knows. themselves uh, you went for Antrim I went for Leash of course Leash yeah. won that one <laughs> yeah uh, we both went for Carlo, so that's 2-1 to yeah. me. Then you went for Westmead, I went for Westmead, so that's 3-2. Arma and Derry then, we both went for Derry, so that's 4-3. I'm still winning here. With uh, Wicklow and Roscommon, we both went for Wicklow. Uh, no surprises there, 5-4 to me. And then we evened it up. You went for Kildare. I went for Mayo. Five all. Of course, Kildare won that one. You went for London. I went for Down. Six five to me. Ah, uh, the boys. Yeah. The boys not be happy here. The Down no. boys not be happy here. <laughs> then uh, Warwickshire and Monaghan. We both went for Warwickshire here. And it was Warwickshire, of course, that won. I think it was four points in, a, in the end against Monaghan. So seven six to me. You went for loud. I went for loud. We were both wrong here. In, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, as uh, Longford took victory. And then we both went for Donegal. Uh, no surprise here. Then into the Laurie yeah. Mar Cup. You went for Sligo. I went for Lancashire. Although uh, Lancashire had a chance of equalising. And yeah. then uh, Fermanagh and Cavan finally. Neither of us got this right. You went for Fermanagh. I went for Cavan. And it was Cavan who grabbed the late equaliser and then finished all square in the end. So that's not bad going out of 12 games and for us to be so tight in the predictions as well. So bodes well maybe for this week. Uh, We don't have as many games to look forward to this week. No, exactly. But if we delve into uh, last weekend, uh, the Joe McDonough Cup firstly, Antrim versus Leash up in Dunloy. You were added. Uh, Antrim on lucky in the end. Leash staged a good close in 10 minutes. And I know Antrim scored 1-1, including the Kieran Clark goal there towards the end. Of course, Leash were down to 14 men for the last couple of minutes as well. Uh, yeah, I think you would be doing this uh, disservice to Leash anyway to say that um, <laughs> Leash, especially in the first half, there was a gale force breeze. Um, they weathered the Antrim Storm really well. They dropped Paddy Purcell to play as a sweeper, and, and he covered a massive amount of ground for him. Uh, Roddy King, Ben Conroy, give, and, and Willie Dunphy give fantastic, especially Roddy King, some of the frees that he had against the breeze. And um, anyone that's been to the line, you know, the pitch goes in a slight slope, so let alone when you're shooting against the wind, you were shooting also uphill. And um, he gave fantastic leadership. Antrim. They just seemed as if I don't know where it was. The first two games took a bit of that energy and intensity out of them. They seemed somewhat flat. Um, ironically, they hurled far better in the second half against the wind. But I mean, overall, and uh, the guy that we spoke about last week and I've spoke so highly of, Ender Roland, in the second half, his pockets absolutely lasering the trajectory, lasering pockets into the pepper and the Antrim defence and. Um, 
he was he was hugely influential and overall in fairness uh, I think on the day I Leash deserved it and I'm sure him and Kelly's over the moon to get the first points on the board and they'll use it as a springboard going forward Neil McMahon as we mentioned him last week got an awful injury against Carlo no one expected him to feature and he goes and he scores 11 points last Saturday Neil um, in fairness for many years now has been uh, the go-to man for Antrim and certainly has been prolific and uh, I think him and I think Connor with my own brother finished up with four points in play and Antrim hurled well in fits and starts but the, the, the consistency overall the game and just on the day probably wasn't enough but I mean the, the, the Neil I think it's well documented at this stage that the nature of the injury that he sustained last weekend so for, for him even to be playing was great for Andrew, but let alone to deliver uh, 11 points. But, I mean, as I say, we, we've come to expect that of the man over the few. That speaks volumes about him as a player. Was the key moment in this game in the closing stages of the first half, Leash led 11 points to seven, and a goal shot from Neil McManus was deflected out for a 65. He did manage to get the point, but if it rattled the net, it would have made a difference maybe at that stage. Ah uh, yeah, well, that, that was a good opportunity, but as well, surprisingly, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Leash, Roddy missed one in the first half. As soon as he got it, I, I was lucky enough to play with him in America, and I don't know how dangerous he is. And he he got one inside the thirteen, and I thought to myself, "Oh Jesus, here we go! The green flag's going to be raised." And I was surprised it hit the side netting. So even though Andrew missed that chance, you you sort of thought that was it was even enough considering the the opportunity that Leash missed. But um, Leash, it was a very it was a it was a good game overall. Um, obviously disappointing for Andrew, but listen, they're down, but they're they're certainly not out. You know, another two games to go. They currently still sit in second position, and it's in their hands at this moment in time. Maybe a bigger key moment was uh, the fact that Willie Dunphy got Leash's goal yeah. in the 40th minute, five minutes into the second half after Neil McManus had struck three in a row on the restart for Antrim. Yeah, Andrew committed. That's what I was saying. The second half, Andrew had really committed the blocks well, and 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 they looked as if they were getting into a bit of rhythm. Um, and and first of all, you don't feel the goal came at a crucial time for Leash, and that was that seemed to be the narrative of the second half. For all the good work that Andrew did, Ben Conroy hit a couple of crucial scores in the second half. Leash were always able to peg them back at crucial times. You know, you always uh, Andrew would get a great score, and then Leash would just go down the pitch and nullify, completely um, take out the momentum. And that that goal by Willie Dunphy, the ball came down off the post, and it was a, it was a poacher's goal. It was a fantastic finish from him, um, considering. But Andrew defence would have been slightly miffed and disappointed that they didn't deal with the situation but listen take nothing away from Dunphy's finish it was, it was first class it's a first win for Leash in the competition um, as I mentioned the break now is that going to halt their momentum do you think? Um, I suppose the way they look at it is that uh, now they can analyse the first three games and they can say that listen this is where we're at Um <laughs> they're lucky that they're going into the break with a win finally getting the points on the board and they'll be using that as huge saying listen we finished off um, the first three rounds in the way in which we wanted to now let's let's really knuckle down into the next two and any of those issues or teething problems that they, they potentially had in the first three games um, they can use this this break over the, the next week or so to, um, to address those issues and obviously try and um, push on from here and I think they will in that sense I know I would imagine that the next two games, it would be, I would have fancied him to win it. Carlo got back to winning ways uh, after losing to Antrim, of course, with a 21 points, 114 win over Mead at Netwatch, Netwatch Cullen Park. Um, no Marty Kavnis still for Carlo, but yeah. Dennis Murphy and Chris Nolan looking good. Yeah, I think that Dennis Murphy finished up with eight alone, and Chris Nolan, a guy who came off the bench against Andrum, and um, who, uh, as I said, those lads who were suspended, you guys like Chris Nolan and Alder come in, he, he ended up with six points. And uh, I think that overall the game was a tight affair, and um, Carlo just Carlo will be happy to, to get another, another win on the board, and that's obviously that's their second now, but. Um, Still, the likes of Marty Cavan and Seamus Murphy to come back, uh, if they can get those suspensions, um, those lads back from injury, or suspension, sorry, that'll make a huge difference to them. Meath, again, you can't help but feel that now, three losses on the bounce, they're definitely going to be in the relegation playoff, and despite the likes of Paddy Keneally, 1-7, Gavin McGowan, who's a lump of a man, and in full forward, three points, yeah. you know, it, 
it's it's been difficult for them so far, to say the least. Bit disappointing from a Mead perspective, isn't it? I think so. I think because I, I, as I stated last week, and, and it's my, my full belief, and I mean hand on heart, that Mead deserve to be in the competition. You know, they beat they beat us in the Christopher and Final, and and this is where they've been at. You know, they've they've been competitive, but I just think that uh, so far. For various reasons, I'm not sure. You know, the, the retirements, like Steve Clinch and all the lads like that, that have, have um, tailed away over the last few years to so give great service beforehand. The, the guys they got are hugely, they're very hard to replace. And um, I think it's, it's hard to put your friend, you know, Martin Comerford, Michael Cavanaugh, all being involved in them. So they're not short on expertise, but it's just. Sometimes they are. have to admit that the other teams in the competition are very, very good sides that they're playing against. Um, so, unfortunately, uh, that's what they're up against. We mentioned Keith Higgins being absent for Mayo against Wicklow, and then he was involved last weekend. We'll talk yeah. more about Mayo and the Christie Ring Cup in a second. But someone like Mickey Burke for Mead, he can make things hard for opposing teams. He's a sticky player. And that's not just his football prowess, his hurling skill as well. I mean, he's represented Ireland in the Shinty Hurling Internationals. He would have got a chance to play Railway Cup, I think, for Leinster a few years ago, but for the bad weather in Galway. So there's a player that you'd love to have around the setup as well. Yeah, undoubtedly. I'm sure when, if the meet, when the management team sit down at the start of the year and they're looking through the names, you know, Maggie Barker is probably one of the guys that they would. Because of the leadership, as you alluded to, the leadership and the experience that he, he, he that he enjoys and that that kind of intensity that he plays with would be huge for me. You know, he's coming in and and um, the tackles that he makes. I think we've I've seen him play football a couple of times and I've actually hurled against him also. And that intensity that he brings to the tackle, those moments in games are hugely lifting for teams and especially for younger guys on the team. It gives them a great boost and undoubtedly me as you know as my as any of those counties that are in the Joe McDonough guys of that of that prominence or, or that ability with any their respective counties need to be playing at that level um, for those counties to be successful and you know Andrew are no different if there's players out there of Mickey Burke's quality in Andrew you, you'd always want to see them playing and representing the county to their best abilities If me they're looking at potential relegation their neighbours West Mead are certainly flying on all cylinders and uh, continue to be unbeaten in the Joe McDonough Cup. This time round, it was a 2-12 to 15 points win over Kerry and a good all-round team display. There were six players on target, the Boyles, Alan Devine again, um, good from place balls. I think they had a number of wides though in this game, uh, three in a row from Owen Price at one stage. So it wasn't exactly... A diamond-laden Westmead performance, but it was going to be hard down in Aston Sack Park. We saw what Kerry done to Leash last weekend, and three points, I, I suppose, you'd be happy coming away with a win like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any day you go to Austin Stack Park, and I think if you, you were to give that result to any of the teams, you know, if you were to tell um, Andrew or uh, indeed Leash after last weekend, listen, you're going to come out three point winners, regardless of the performance. The point, coming out with a win and coming out with two points and mm-hmm. another three points on the board, you'd have been over the moon. But again, the, like, you know, Alan Devine, Hal O'Brien, these lads, these names are constantly coming up for Westmeath. And that's something that, that I'd said before that. The league over the last few years hasn't been reflective or good to Westmeath in terms of their actual ability. They're a very, very good side. And that's three, three wins on the bounce. That's a testament to that. I mean, in the form they're going now, you would imagine they're going to be in the Joe McDonald final. Obviously, Antrim have to go to Cusick Park. And <laughs> Cusick Park is a, is a very, very difficult place to go to. And Antrim will find that out in a week's time. And we've played there before. And it's, it's very, very come away with the win. And I think Westmeath just... But having said that, in fairness to Kerry, Kerry had something like five of their six forwards scored. That eight different scores amidst the loss, there, there was there was major positives there. And I know the game was it was obviously a wet enough game and it was mistake ridden. But both teams are still well, especially well. Kerry are certainly still in the mix. And Westmeath are obviously the most are the dominant team at the moment. And I don't think either side will be too disheartened. Westmead are likely, very likely, to make the John McDonough yeah. Cup final at this stage. But really, um, that second spot's open up considerably now, really, hasn't it? I think so. And I mean, it's as I say, Andrum. There's obviously a break, and then Andrum have to go to Cusick Park to play Westmead. And Andrum's last game, indeed, is, is Kerry. So perhaps 
that game could be it could be very telling on, on the overall scene of it and who ends up in that second place. But I mean, at least getting that getting their first victory in one or two games ago, second place, it could be it could be very hot and heavy and tight to get into. It certainly could. Well, you're listening to Sideline Cut Podcast here on sportstalk.ie. Thanks to our show sponsors, Syncom Utilities, leading the way in providing labour and tradesmen in the UK and Ireland. Check out www.syncomutilities.com for more. Well, we've talked about the uh, Joe McDonough Cup there and moving on to the Christie Ring Cup. And I suppose I look at Mayo against Kildare firstly. This was a game you went for Kildare, I went for Mayo. We always knew it was going to be tight. And and that's what happened in Balna at the weekend. Yeah, and it's like Mayo obviously, as you previously mentioned there, Colleen, the, the, the likes of Keith Higgins being back. And you thought, what, what a huge boost that would be to Mayo. And, but Kildare... They racked up a huge score in the first game against Russ Common, and and they would have went. Joe Quaid's been there for a while, the last couple of three years, and the system of play that they've been adhering to has been growing and progressing each year. And to go and get a result of that nature, they'll take great heart from that and great belief. And that, that, that's two on the bounce now. And I think that they've qualified for the semi finals now. That's it. Yeah, and I suppose um, it was a competitive enough match. Just two points in it at full time, two fourteen to one fifteen. That's what was in it at the break, but it was Mayo leading ten points eight at half time. Kildare really came into their own in that second half. Two six to Mayo's one five, a cracking second half. Yeah, and I think Mayo in the first half they raced into a six point lead. That alone, Joe Quill will be obviously should be very happy with that because with six points down and then they eventually win the game by two points is an eight point turnaround so it shows plenty of metal and plenty of heart there that they didn't panic they stuck to the game plan that they'd been trying out and in the end it reaped rewards but obviously it was a it was a very high score in the last 10 minutes and but Mayo two defeats on the bounce hugely disappointing for them as we already said following their league performance and being promoted but just unfortunately Kildare they'll be aiming with well within their sights to make a Christie Ring final and they've set their stall out early and they've shown that now they qualifying for the semi-finals that deserve to be there yeah Kildare one of the favourites to get to the final even at this early stage Wicklow perhaps also they had a 2-16 to 16 point win over Roscommon in that league that's two good wins for them and they only led by a point at half time after an Andy O'Brien penalty goal so they really had to work hard in this one and a good testing match that's testament to, to Ross Common. Anytime you go to that league, you know right away what you're getting. It was always going to be they were going to make matters very difficult uh, for Wicklow, and they weren't going to be welcome them. And Wicklow themselves, we already alluded to last week, Andy O'Brien, another great performance. And uh, even though he was eventually awarded a second yellow, he was hugely influential on the game. The same with Mickey Lee and Danny Staunton, these guys. Um, Gary Barton, same again, great performance. And um, I know the likes of Nish Connington and, and Daniel Glenn battled for Ross Common, but you can't help but feel very uh, weary of Russ Common and you almost feel as if it's going to be themselves and Armagh are going to have to face the relegation playoff. Armagh indeed could be there, most likely will be there. Uh, another big loss this time against Derry, but I suppose from an Armagh viewpoint, they were leading 1-3 to a point after 10 minutes. Stephen Renahan got a goal. They were ahead by 5 and half time also, 1-12 to 1-7. And then Derry just got on top and kept going and Armagh only scored two points in that second half I know uh, obviously the game itself and, and the athletic rounds he, um, there was a gale force breeze in the first half and Armagh utilised that but Derry they must be the rack up and only big score 230 they had 122 alone in the second half and when you not to mention the fact that possibly probably in, in the form of Chrissy McCaigue and Brendan Rogers, you, you have your two best hurlers who weren't even available to you on the day and guys like Alan Grant stepping up and hitting one seven and I think they had one eleven from their full forward line of Nisha Waldron, uh, Shane McGuigan and Brian Cassidy alone. So Derry it's a serious spread of scores and, and, and they're progressing nicely, you know, going through the competition. Obviously last year they had a great win um, but they'll be extremely happy so far how, how things are progressing under Collie McGurk they certainly will and uh, with a bit of a break now they'll be hopeful to uh, get things right again uh, for the game in two weeks time but I suppose another team 
from Ulster going quite well are down. I know you thought London might win. I know I thought down would win, but we did know that this one was going to be tight. And I suppose a key factor was Paul Sheehan. He got an MRI scan during the week. He was past fit to play for down. That was a big boost for them just hours before throwing. And the likes of Dahi Sands, once again, outstanding. This one went right down to the wire as well in Ricelip. Yeah, and that's, uh, as I said, uh, after London's great win and um, going on the screen and, and beating Derry, you thought to yourself, perhaps today, just with a bit more maturity within the side. And uh, we thought that down with the younger lads, they were a bit more transition, they were cutting their teeth at this level. But, I mean, Paul obviously being past fit, anyone that knows Paul knows that he's, he's an absolute hurling fanatic and a lovely guy thrown in. And I was testing the him that he was past fit after an MRI. Um, seven points, you know, Dahi Sands, yet another goal falling off from his hat-trick the previous week. Uh, Pierce O'McCregor was said about young guys like him, who are hungry and they're really working hard. He, he had another four points. And down, as I said, I was speaking to the lads and they were, they, they were over the moon to come home with a result of that nature because it, it shows them and, and instills belief going forward that, that they're more than good enough to be in the competition and more so more than good enough to compete for the competition and the title. I know it's a bit early to say, but could we have shades of the Christie Ring Cup being brought across the Ards Peninsula and the ferry uh, again, as was the case a few years ago? Yeah, listen, why not? I mean, with a win like that against a team of London's calibre, you know, the likes of Anshie and Colin Nelson, guys like us here. And what will please Marty Mullen the most is the game really went to the wire, you know, and, and down never flinched. They never bent the knee at all. And they went at it hammer and tongs and they went and got the result and they came back. And surely now, down will be looking and saying to themselves, this is it, you know, push on. We're good enough to be here. And let, let's keep performance the big thing is performance let's keep turning out those performances and see where that takes us and listen uh, perhaps it'll be silverware and the hogan stand come the end of the competition and hopefully um for those lads that it is coming out of this group top would be key i think it'd be a home semi-final as well um yeah you know it, it's it's very tight i mean leaving armagh out of the mix uh, and even i suppose armagh showed in the first half last weekend that they can make things sticky if everything was equal maybe for armagh who knows what they could do this year but just maybe unfortunate somewhat the timing for them with all the departures but overall this competition it's been pretty tight so far no, absolutely, and I think it's uh, we alluded to, you know, Armagh this year, they're they're in transition, and bygone years, those are the Armagh teams that they were producing would be more than capable of competing in this division and more than capable of throwing their hat in in terms of winning the competition. But I think that's testament to the Christie Ring and the teams that are involved again. You know, they're they're all there on merit as they are the Joe McDonough, the Nicky Rackett, the Larry Moore. And these competitions are designed for competitive games and week in, week out. And that's uh, just listening to the players. You know, I was talking to the Pierce earlier, and that's what he was saying that was they enjoyed so much is that they're constantly getting competitive games, and it's it's only improving them. And they're loving the setup. So I mean, if the players are are giving off such good. Um, good press about the competition and, and the neutrals that are obviously going to the games they're all high scoring games you know and they're, they're obviously being treated to, to fantastic games and that's what you want you know you want to see as much top level or quality games as possible it's great so far anyway well we certainly are getting quality games right through the competitions and in the Nicky Rackard Cup it's no different it finished Warwickshire 121, Monaghan 311 in Parknaheron in Birmingham on Saturday. That's 24 points to 20. A very tight encounter. And for the second week in a row, Monaghan coming close to the win, but just being pipped at the post. Yeah, Monaghan, I think we said last week, we said, you know, Monaghan had a great win in, in the round one of the competition, but this would really test the metal and test to see where they're at as a team and how far they've come. And by God, there was only a pocket of a ball in it at the end. And they'll take heart from the likes of Mark Trainer, Tag Campbell, Eamon Collins, the same names coming up again and producing consistent performances. And especially against, uh, we, we alluded to the additions that Warwickshire have made this year in the form of likes of Nelm, Kennan, Donald Nugent, Gary Lennon, guys like this, who have all hurled in their county over the past number of years. And, and Monaghan, they'll be saying to themselves, listen, OK, we'll, we'll tweak one or two things. We made a few mistakes on the day, but we're going in the right direction. And um, if we can keep consistently performing in that nature, who knows where we're going to end up. Yeah, Warwickshire led one nine to five points, heading towards half time. Um, there was two clear cut goal chances missed though, and then yeah. Monaghan 
uh, with uh, two quick goals in 40 seconds. Mark Trainer and Ty Campbell and only a point in it at half time. Warwickshire will be a bit concerned about their defensive display and I suppose overall leaking three goals as well. And as I mentioned, those two in quick succession just before the break. Yeah, listen, and this is um, this is the issues that teams are going to have to address, and and it, it, it's better finding them out at the early stages rather than being in Coke Park and finding out that you have defensive deficiencies. And um, I'm sure Warwickshire, under the, the stewardship of Gavin Duffy, they'll address those issues, but they'll they'll be delighted with the likes of the performances and how quickly the likes of Gary Lennon and now McKenna, like now I think he shot nine points at the weekend. How quickly these guys have adapted. And have have bought into the team ethos, and, and that's what they'll be most pleased with. You know, the one twenty one's good scoring, and by and large, they missed a few bad wides. So, you know, you're talking one twenty five, one twenty six. If you if you're putting a few of those over, and, and they'll be happy so far with where they're at. Yes, they have room for improvement, but that's always a good thing. You're better off finding out your mistakes or your deficiencies early on. Yeah, it can take a while to settle into a setup for sure. Uh, but as you mentioned, the likes of Niall McKenna, Donald Nugent there, they've all settled in quite well. Importance of having a good panel uh, was seen also at the weekend. Breen Fallon, uh, the sub, got two crucial uh, points late on to help Warwickshire to that four-point win. So I suppose it's about playing for the 70 minutes or obviously into the injury time as well and using that bench and, and that's a, a key factor for Warwickshire at the moment. Yeah, listen, I mean, throughout, regardless of what competition or what team it is now, the way in which Hurland and Gilly football has went, 20, 20 men will be used, you know, the levels of fitness, especially at inter-county level and the intensity of the games has just went, you know, it's doubled over tenfold, in fact, over the last couple of years and more and more crucially when the games get into those last 10 minutes, you know, into the melting pot, the impact that subs can have, men are coming off the bench fresh and I mean, the, the likes of Breen Fallon are putting over two crucial points and at the end of the day, a puck of a ball, a grain of rice, as Paddy O'Shea said, will tip the scales and I mean, it couldn't be any, that couldn't be any more true. And a real grain of rice will tip the scales. Uh, the difference between making semi-finals and not making semi-finals and that's going to be the case for Monaghan and uh, I suppose if we look in Group 1 as well, uh, Longford and Loud have made things interesting. Longford beaten Loud by seven points on home soil at Glennon Brothers Pierce Park on uh, Saturday. We'll hear uh, from the Longford manager now who is speaking to uh, Sports Talk's Denise O'Flaherty. Colm, made hard work of it in the end, but good to get that win in the Nicky record. Well, absolutely. It doesn't really matter to me how hard work we made of it because just to get that win in the Nicky record for Longford, I'm delighted. Absolutely delighted. We have a small little bunch of players and just to get the best, we have 19 points. It's the first time since I'm involved that we scored 19 points and we had our goal chances, but uh, please God, they'll come the next thing in Warwickshire. Against Monaghan, you had a few players that weren't fully fit and it was evident with the chances that they missed. Today, you could see those players were back to full fitness and you also had Dara Duggan, your captain, back as well. He was missing last week through exams. Yeah, the only one we're missing today really was John Mulhernan. He's out for a while with injury, but... Uh you need everyone in Longford, in any county you need everyone, but in Longford we don't have the cover if we're missing the key players. But today we, we were in good form, we lead Liam Sheedy up during the week and it was all about work rate and positive and that's the sort of a, a vibe we have in the county. And look, we deserve the win because we could have nearly bet Monaghan the last day, but look, results count and it's just about today and we'll regroup now on Tuesday and please God I'll have another surprise guest speaker next week reaction there of the Longford camp very happy Kieran after uh, that seven point win we both went for loud with our predictions for this one but we weren't totally convinced that it was going to be a loud win and I did mention Longford would make it sticky and here we are Longford they produce the goods on home soil I mean we, we thought perhaps with uh, if the authors uh, Niall and Jerry were back for life it, um, pushing on from the performances of Paddy Lynch and Mark Malloy and these guys they would have went to um, Longford and got a result but full credit to Longford I think Joe Brown obviously was hugely influential for them at the weekend and, I mean I, I know they won by seven but they, they raced India 13 to four, four points lead nine points up and um, 
long for the they'll be over the moon with that victory. As I say, um, I'm happy to eat humble pie when I said it. I thought nice we'll get the victory, but um, again, that just it typifies how competitive and unpredictable the competition is and the level of teams in it. That you can't take anything for granted or, or call them lightly. Six different scorers, fourteen out of the nineteen points came from play as well. That's a good contribution. And indeed, it was just four points. Uh, Paddy Lynch, uh, three frees in a 65. Uh, the rest, uh, eight points from play for Loud. So you're talking about 22 points out of uh, 31 from play, I think it is, in the game there. That's good scoring by any means. No, absolutely. And I mean, the big, the big pleasing thing for Longford, as we said, it's the sheer amount of with 14 of their scores coming from play. You know, you're not overly heavily reliant on place balls and keeping life to only 12 points as well. They'll be hugely pleased about that. But obviously the game itself, with so many points coming from play, that says how free flow and open the game was and that's for spectators going to watch and for any of the, uh, any of the neutrals that were obviously there that's what, that's what you want to see you know I think with the Monster Championship of the weekend I think we all seen that referees being whistle happy at time can take the momentum out of games but obviously long for benefit from the free-flowing game of the weekend Donegal have to be one of the favourites for the Nicky Rackard Cup they had 20 points to spare over Leitrim in O'Donnell Park in Letterkenny on Saturday and that's backing up a victory over Tyrone in quite comprehensive fashion as well the previous weekend 228-28 to that's good scoring huge absolutely massive I mean uh, Davin these guys you know Davin Flynn 113 I think uh, we've already said the the, fought, the scoring power that they possess up front in the form of Davin Flynn and, and Daggy Coulter and Lee Henderson and guys, I guess, you know, Jared Gilmore tapping in with 1-4. Uh, Donegal, are, are, they've proven in the last two games big, big scores racked up in their team they'll, they'll be racking with. And I think <laughs> I think Warwickshire and Donegal, you know, Monaghan Nighthaw still would, would fancy himself to have a say, but so far after the early results, you would have to say Warwickshire and Donegal must be having a one eye on each other each. And I know obviously Leitrim um, in the form of Clement Kniff and uh, Ben Murray and Zach Moratti and these boys, but Donegal are a very, very good side. And as we already said, under the stewardship of um, Gabriel Lucane, they they have aspirations of, of coming out of the Nicky Ragger as champions and, and they're really putting down a statement of intent so far. Bit unfair on Leitrim. They didn't win uh, the Laurie Mar Cup last year. And there's two divisions, uh, at least between Donegal and Leitrim as well. You know, if Leitrim were in the Laurie Mar Cup, I know that would make it five teams, but they'd be in a place that they'd probably be more deserving of playing in maybe. Yeah, perhaps. And I mean, uh, unless uh, yeah, you would have to speak to the, the Leitrim players and try and gauge what, how they feel and obviously listen, when you're two, there's two divisions of a difference there um, in stages but also um, you know Meath as well you would probably say Meath and Leash you know essentially there's there's two di- there's two divisions of a difference and um, uh, Leitrim when you want to obviously I can understand the point where you want to push on and you want to play at a higher level but it has to be within reason and um Having said that, that is their first game. Donegal already had the the virtue of playing Throne the following weeks or the previous week. Apologies, and um, perhaps Leitrim, as they push on as the games progress, they may bear more fruit for them. But I can understand the point wholly that uh, it could well be a, a bridge too far, unfortunately. Yeah, it's just one game left in that group, Leitrim and Tyrone, of course. Uh, we'll talk about that next week when uh, the game comes around, but. Uh, It'll be interesting because Tyrone didn't find it easy against Donegal either. It was a, a similar demolition job. So you'd hope that Tyrone against Leitrim will be a bit tighter. But we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks' time. You're listening to uh, Sideline Cut Podcast here on sportstalk.ie. Thanks to our new show sponsors, Syncom Utilities, leading the way in providing labour and tradesmen in the UK and Ireland. Check out www.syncomutilities.com for more. Well, we're on to uh, the last, uh, but by no means least, of the competitions we'll look at last weekend's action now in the Laurie Mar Cup and then we'll take ahead uh, then we'll take a look ahead to uh, the weekend's action coming up uh, I suppose firstly if we start where I was in Manchester 
uh, Sligo, a one-point win over Lancashire, 4-14 to 2-19. This one was a cracker. There was some misses, but great game of championship pace, and it didn't look at times that it was the fifth tier of competition. It had an intensity to it far bigger than that as well, but a dramatic finish run in Crowley uh, with two late frees, one was missed. The other dropped out for a 65. The referee, James Clark from Cavan, blows the full-time whistle before the 65 is taken. And Sligo hold out for a one-point win. He had apparently told the players before that last free was taken that this would be the last action in the match. But you'd expect it to go wide or over the crossbar. Uh, neither happened and it went out for a 65. Would you say that that was the right decision to blow full time at that stage? I think there was maybe a couple of more minutes additional time than initially indicated at that stage. No, not I wouldn't have it. I would say, I mean, obviously the players, he's listening to the instructions of James and he's obviously acted accordingly. But, I mean, that's a wee bit, uh, I think, in that situation for me, the players are probably, obviously you're going to be listening, you're at the behest of the referee in terms of time, but you should have your your own, your own game, a bit, of, a bit of cuteness about you to know yourself, listen, and assess the situation and, and take it from there. But, I mean, the score in itself, 414 to 2.19, what a, what, a, what a promotion for the game in Lancashire, and I'm sure anyone like yourself that was at the game was, was treated to an absolutely fantastic game of Harlan uh, and that's what it sounded like and Sligo I know I tipped Sligo but I thought to myself this could potentially end up in a draw this game is going to be extremely tight and um, they'll be delighted that they're coming out of Manchester with a victory and whether it be at 1 or 100 points it's it not matter to them yeah, maybe we should look at tipping uh, draws over the next while yeah. as well because there's bound to be a couple. We'll talk about Fermanagh's against Cavan in a second. But um, to have games like that played at such championship pace, much like it was at home, it was such a warm and sticky day as well. It can be hard on the players to uh, last the 70 minutes and you know to produce a display like that from both teams uh, it was certainly an, an inspirational for all the competitions as a whole. You know, it's well merited when you get games like that. Yeah, and uh, once more we have um, a great example of uh, of the quality of games that we're producing throughout the tiers. And um, I think Sligo, I'm not sure what was their, their arrangements in terms of how did they fly over on the day or was it the night before and stuff. But it's an unusual, we made the trip last year to London and it's an unusual um Set a, a great set of circumstances to be involved in to be to be getting on a flight and going to play matches and um, but uh, it's just, it's exciting but I mean Lancashire they'll be disappointed that they lost the game but I mean only by a point and they'll be turning around and looking and looking to Fermanagh and Cavan and saying to themselves listen we can target these games and um, we we feel as if we we show them we're good enough and, and we should be pushing on realistically. Flying over for games, um, it can build great camaraderie and confidence. I know in your case with Antrim, you have a lot of long-distance games even within the island of Ireland uh, to go to. So if you're down in Leash, you might go the night before, for instance, in some cases. Yeah. Um, you know, to have that, I mean, we saw down beating London at the weekend. We saw Sligo beating Lancashire. And then for um, Monaghan to come close against Warwickshire there's a lot to be said for playing games away from home I mean Wicklow did it against Roscommon Kildare against Mayo just two other results over the weekend and Leash obviously going up to Antrim as well having players together that bit longer and everything that goes with it it's not always a bad thing no and listen i think i think it's fantastic because you 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 know if you're staying at a hotel overnight you're perhaps rooming with someone that you wouldn't normally room with or you know a guy that you wouldn't normally be in conversation or indeed be in their circle of friends and i mean at the end of the day i think sometimes the inter-county game is sort of forgot about the morals and uh, and everything, the principles of the GA, and I think the Down lads have seen a, f- a few pictures. And I was chatting them, and and I'm sure they're not alone in this sense. I'm, sh- I'm sure Sligo were perhaps the same. Go away, a fantastic record against London. They were catching a flight that night, a few beers before the flight, and home and away you go. And I think at the end of the day, we are playing an amateur sport. And I know how I, I think <laughs> I think someone was referring it to as. Uh, 
shamanism during the week and saying uh, it's only amateur name and, and everything about it's professional night but i think those experiences are fantastic and they're amazing memories to have and saying oh do you remember the time we went away on the trip to lancashire or to london or did the overnight stay and and this is what it's about this is what about participation in the ga is about it's it's about those memories and it's about playing guys with the, you know, I'm lucky enough to play with guys from my, my brother and other lads from the club and uh, in the county setup. And I would, I would love as many people to get that opportunity as possible. And I just think that's a, that's the essence of the GA, and and we should be extremely lucky and advocating it at, at every opportunity. If we look back at Lancashire and Sligo as well, a returning player for Sligo uh, is Larry Cadden. He was there uh, along with Keith Raymond when they last won in Crow Park, I think it was 2007. This stage a long, long time ago uh, in terms of silverware. And he bagged two goals at the weekend. When you've got people like that coming back in, Matthew Davey was out all through the league with an injury. I think he picked it up playing rugby during the winter. And then the likes of Gerardo Kelly Lynch, hurler and footballer, won seven Mm -hmm. on Saturday as well. When you've everything coming together at the right time, it can really work in your favour. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everything is the, the timing and circumstance for Sligo at the minute seems to be falling into place. And as, as you alluded to, Colleen, that the, the additional Larry Cadden and guys like Keith Raymond and Gerardo Kelly Lynch, guys like that and, and Kevin Banks, when you can get a player to that quality and the best squad available to you, and pulling in one direction good things are bound to come of it and hopefully that is the situation in Sligo and I think uh, my old friend that you know uh, Gavin Colley the, the Sligo PRO he was um, I think he, he sent me, a bit me of stick. I think he sent you a picture yeah. of me over in Manchester I must see if he that did, turned out well he did indeed he was uh, he was giving me a bit of stick on uh, during the week saying that I, sh- I should have been tipping Sligo, so I think I was uh, I had to give my my friend the old tip and say that uh, I go with a native Sligo man. But um, fantastic win for him and listen, I mean that's a great start to the competition. It sure is, and a great start to the competition for both Fermanagh and Cavan, to be fair. Although it was a draw, a share of the spoils of Brewster Park and Enniskillen uh, before the Armagh Fermanagh uh, football game on Saturday night. Fermanagh 119, Cavan 216. Uh, we mentioned Nisha and Keane Waldron for Derry. Uh, cool influence there and there's a cool influence yep. of course as well in this Cavan setup. John Shane and, and his brother Colm uh, are playing for Cavan and it was John with the 74th minute pointed free that equalised the tie at the end. Good for Cavan and a good competitive game for Fermanagh. Keeps both these teams in it now and uh, that's great to see. Yeah I mean as, as you said, the, the likes of Nisha Waldron playing with Derry and obviously John and Colin Sheenan playing Cavan. For guys like this to throw their weight behind it, I mean, they're, they're just off the back of a double iron winning club team and, and, that, and what a fantastic team. And, and, and they're playing with guys, you know, they're playing with the Conor Collins, the Colin Cronins, the Darrell Connells, the Sean Mourns, this world. And for them to throw their lot in with the likes of Cavan, John Sheenan, and I think he was absolutely superb from the weekend and indeed levelled the game in the, da- in the Dan Embers. That can only be a positive measure and that speaks volume about John himself and Colm, you know, lads going to, you know, it's not easy. I think we already alluded to the struggles that Cavan and Fermanagh indeed have had over and for them to play to draw of that nature and a game of that quality is fantastic and I know and great to see uh, Shea Curran who's a former club mate of mine you know he's moved back to Fermanagh due to work and um, him chipping in with eight points like yeah. Shea is a fantastic guy and I know the love he has for Hurling and, and the love and more so that he has for Fermanagh and the pride of his own county and it's for guys like that I'm, extre- I'm, extre- I'm delighted for them and, and John Duffy and these lads and it can only, that can only be a positive thing and that's what it's about promotional Hurling promotion of our national game and every every nook and cranny and corner of Ireland and this fantastic island that we have and, and that's for me that's a, it's, it's great Fermanagh and Cavan have a close relationship in Ireland terms and indeed some uh, players from Cavan played for Fermanagh while there was no Cavan senior team. You mentioned yep. John Duffy and Shea Curran. Uh, they're two excellent players in the last couple of years for Fermanagh. Good to see Ryan Bogue uh, back involved, captain in the side this year and by all accounts back to his best as well and both these teams are going to have uh, an influence on the second team to get through to the final now and um, I was talking to both the Lancashire and Sligo managements and 
one would have said before the competition Sligo and Lancashire might make the final but now really the ball firmly in Cavan and Fermanagh's court in this regard and uh, great signs uh, from Cavan and Fermanagh on Saturday that they could possibly topple Lancashire in the coming weeks of course both of those games are in Cavan and Fermanagh respectively as we as we had said beforehand and Fermanagh and Cavan largely were unknown entities to anyone uh, you know obviously the boys have played against them whatever the last few years but what they were going to produce this year and, and, and certainly it wouldn't have been wrong for people to say, well, perhaps Lago and Lancashire would fancy themselves to be in the final and contesting for the Limar. But Fermanagh and Kevin will be absolutely delighted. And a draw is probably a good result for both teams in a way. They turned out solid performances. And they'll be saying to themselves, listen, you know, everything, everything's a bonus after this stage. You know, we're back, we're hurling well, and let's see where that can take us. And Sligo and Lancashire, they'll have, they'll be looking over their shoulder, thinking, yeah, it mightn't may be perhaps as easy as what as what we what we first thought, uh, or a foregone conclusion as we we previously thought anyway. So, I mean, that's great. There we go again. We have yet another tear in the con in the hurling competitions that's going to be hugely competitive and unpredictable and, and that's that's just that's fantastic well you're listening to the sideline cup podcast here on sportstalk.ie every wednesday as we uh, review and preview the games in hurling's mcdonough christy ring Nicky Rackard and Laurie Marr Cups with thanks to show sponsors Syncom Utilities leading the way in providing labour and tradesmen in the UK and Ireland. Check out www.syncomutilities.com for more. And I suppose it's prediction time for next weekend now, Kieran. Uh, just two games it's look at, of course, uh, both in the Laurie Marr Cup. And firstly, uh, to that game in Ballyconnell at 1 o'clock on Saturday between Cavan and uh, Lancashire. Uh, Lancashire will have a couple of injuries going into this game. Um, there's a couple of heavy knocks picked up against Sligo at the weekend as well. Um, I know they've won a league title a couple of weeks back against Leitrim. It took extra time though. It was in Ballyconnell as well. So they've experienced playing at the venue. Cavan... Cavan's stock will be rising. They don't have too many injuries. This one's going to be very interesting. The, the, the fact that Lancashire are going to be carrying a few injuries and uh, the boost, obviously, that Cavan are going to have from their first game. <sighs> this one's going to be very tight. That I'm not going to sit on the fence and say I draw as much as I want to. Um, it's very hard I'll to go. call. Yeah, it is very hard to call. I mean, you're trying to weigh up the possibilities and I think... Um, uh, do you know what? I'll go with Cavan. Like, yeah, like, uh, I'm relying on John and Colm Sheenan and the boys to, to get me over the line in this one. And uh, I would love to see them push on from obviously their first game back and, and really drive it on now. And obviously, as we've already alluded to, it's been well documented um, how the Harlem fraternity and Cavan have suffered over the last few years. And it's just every opportunity we should be getting to promote it. It's a, it's a good chance for me. And I would love to see Cavan really pushing on now. Um, there was a lot of anger after uh, the game in the Lancashire setup last weekend. A one-point loss to Sligo. Certainly something they weren't expecting. And from my perspective, I would find this game also hard to call. Maybe had Lancashire taken victory against Sligo last weekend, it would be more clear-cut maybe for a Lancashire win. Cavan yeah. perhaps unlucky that they didn't beat Fermanagh as well. Um Honestly, can't really say which way this one's going. I know Lancashire, obviously, um, they had a draw against Leitrim that league final. Uh, I don't want to put pressure on either side. To be honest, this one is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This one, this one's ridiculously tough, and that's the thing about these divisions. Even when you know plenty of information. You're nearly worse off because suddenly you realise how well-balanced teams can be. And I suppose Cavan's stock has risen. I mentioned that before, and I think I mentioned in the report at the weekend, you know, that they're only back since last year in senior competition, but they're showing serious intent. And I know they're getting full turnouts of training every week as well. So I think I'll put my neck in the line somewhat and say Cavan for the win here but that there's not going to be more than three yeah. points in it at the full-time whistle. Yeah, no, absolutely, totally agree with that there. I think we're, we're in consensus in this one anyway, Colleen, to start off with, so let's hope it continues in this being. 
Yeah, if I go different now for the next one, at least we might have a chance of evening it up for uh, next week yeah. in terms of the overall predictions. And speaking of the next match, it's off uh, to uh, Tour Le Strand, I think it is, on Saturday uh, for Sligo against Fermanagh. Good win for Sligo at the weekend. Everything's pointing in the right direction for them. Again, I don't think there's going to be too much in it. Goals will be the difference here. I'm going to go for Sligo in this one. What's your take on it? <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I am. I, I would have to say, um, just going off, based on the fact that Sligo were able to travel to Manchester and get such a, a great result, and um, the addition of Alexa Larry Cadden and those lads back, you know, old Lynch Kelly, and, and I have to say in this, as much as it, for Mana, it was, a, it was a great result for him in the first game. You just think that Sligo would be a, a, perhaps a bridge too far, especially going to Turtle Strand to try and get a result. And for me, uh, I think Sligo, Sligo just edged this one also. You know, I can't see it being any more than three or four points in the game. And uh, as, you, as you alluded to, um, goals are going to be absolutely crucial. Keith Raymond picked up a bit of an injury. He was a bit dazed after the game uh, last Saturday against Lancashire as well. You know, a player of his calibre, even if he's only playing at 60%, he's certainly plenty to give for the Sligo cause. Definitely. I mean, I, I think any anyone of the Harlem fraternity that are aware of and the lower competitions and the, the tiers of this nature will be aware of Keith Raymond. I mean, a, a guy who's been about for years huge athletic presence for Sligo and, and a fantastic stick hurler thrown into the mix so Sligo are, are to really seriously contest Larry Mar this year Keith Raymond is going to be one of the central figures and hopefully the injury wasn't too severe and he'll be back in, in competition this weekend again A draw in uh, Cavan and Lancashire would certainly make things interesting as would a win for Fermanagh it would mix up uh, this competition somewhat and leave a very competitive round three ahead as well. Yeah, I think it would, it would give us all a bit of a headache in terms of trying to pick who's actually going to come out on top. And and you know, I think we we would we would love to see that. Perhaps you know, you don't want to see one team run away with the championship. And at the minute, it doesn't seem like that. So it would make for interesting viewing if those uh, if those set of results were actually to come up. And I would love to see it. Hopefully. Well, we're in agreement with our predictions. Sligo and Cavan for victories in the Larry Mar Cup this weekend. Although, don't be surprised if we're wrong because uh, there's a lot uh, to come over uh, the combined 140 minutes plus of action this Saturday in those competitions. Uh, my thanks to our show sponsors, Syncom Utilities, uh, their first time to get on board, leading the way, of course, in providing labour and tradesmen in the UK and Ireland. For more, you can check out syncomutilities.com. But my thanks, Kieran, for joining us once again this week. Uh, great look back and look forward to the games as well and uh, hopefully we have a great hurling weekend no antrum this weekend so uh, you might be sitting in front of the box i'm sure watching uh, some hurling on the tv this weekend yeah yeah thanks thanks for having me again pleasure is always calling but uh, i think perhaps uh, the heart rate won't be as high this weekend and i can take a bit of a rest and uh, put the feet up in front and enjoy the monster championship so uh, thanks for having me again and listen uh, hopefully we have another two great games in store and, and uh, they continue in the same vein, high scoring and competitive as the rest of the rounds have been so far. Well, that's it, Kieran. Thanks very much once again. Until next time, here on sportstalk.ie's Sideline Cut podcast from me, Colleen Duffy, Slanis Bannock. Oh, I'm Slanis.